0: Hey, Voices of a Killer fans, Toby here to talk about an exciting podcast that you might like. If our journey into the minds behind the bars has captivated you, then you'll find Prison Pod equally gripping. It's a podcast that delves deep into the lives affected by incarceration, offering firsthand stories from those on both sides of the cell. Available on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon, Prison Pod broadens the conversation around the impacts of jail and prison. Search for Prison Pod wherever you get your podcasts to listen to the real stories of those living a life defined by bars. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Before we begin this podcast, please be advised that the following episode contains language that some listeners may find offensive and inappropriate. The opinions expressed by the host and guests are their own, and do not reflect the views of the podcast producers. Listener discretion is advised. I
2: actually found one of my soulmates doing time at the prison. Hey, listen, uh, okay. I got you on freeway right now. <laughs> Hold on, I got you on freeway with, okay.
3: My husband was trying to fuck this bitch while I was going because I let her move into my house, you know, bitch got her. She's okay.
2: another CO. Yeah.
3: So- I got to watch the video and he was like, <laughs> crevel along the wall and like army crawl under the fucking bed into the blind spot, <laughs> which was a staff bathroom that nobody fucking used.
0: So what y'all do in there? You all just talked about like football or something? <laughs> you are now listening to the podcast voices of a killer i'm bringing you the stories from the perspective of the people that have taken the life of another human and their current situation thereafter in prison you will see that although these are the folks that we have been programmed to hate they all have something in common they are all humans like us that admit that they made a mistake will you forgive them or will you condemn them They are currently serving time for their murders, and they give us an inside glimpse of what took place when they killed and their feelings on the matter now. Here are the voices of those who have killed. Welcome back to part two of Voices of a Killer featuring Kevin. If you haven't listened to the first episode, I suggest you go back and listen to that one to get a brief overview of our story. As you may recall from our last episode, Kevin told us about the murder of his neighbor while he was under the influence of heroin and his initiation into prison life. In this episode, we'll be diving deeper into Kevin's life in prison and his unique relationship with the corrections officer. It's a story that sheds light on the complex and often overlooked realities of life behind bars and one that you won't want to miss. Be warned, the following content may be unsettling and is not suitable for all audiences. So, join us as we delve into the voices of a killer. I know that there's a lot of drugs that get into prisons. and Absolutely. The, sure. So, <laughs> one of the ways that I know that they get in there is through corrections officers You've probably seen a lot of, yeah. you know, spending so much time in there, you've probably seen a lot of crooked corrections officers. Would that be accurate?
2: Absolutely. I'd say out of a whole team of staff, out of 100% of staff, you got at least 60% of it's bad.
0: And also, and yeah. you have firsthand experience with this, is uh, staff and inmate relationships. I actually know of, that happens quite a bit. And you actually got into a relationship with a female corrections officer. Is that right?
2: Absolutely. Yes, I have. Her name is Selena Black. She was a corrections officer at the treatment in Farmington at FCC for a couple years. This was around 2019 and 20 when I was there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've I've seen it numerous times. I've had it happen a few times with myself. Unfortunately, I had too much time to do at the beginning of my prison bit. So there towards the end, I got her and... uh, off with her out the gate, man. Um, we're still together to this day. Been through thick and thin, and uh, she's uh, yeah. I actually found one of my soulmates doing time at the prison through staff. Absolutely.
0: Now you may be thinking to yourself, prison is not the most ideal place to find love. However, despite these circumstances, Kevin found a deep connection with Selena. As Kevin tells it, they are soulmates, and their love has only grown stronger over the years. It's a unique and surprising story, but. As we'll hear from Kevin, love can find us in even the most unlikely places, even behind bars. However, it's important to note that romantic relationships between inmates and corrections officers are illegal and a serious violation of professional ethics. Corrections officers are in a position of power over inmates and can face severe consequences for engaging in such relationships. Nevertheless, I wanted to know more about their relationship. Did you ever get a chance to have sex with her while you was locked up?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, that I can't disclose that at the time, um, but okay. here here soon I would be able to. But as of now, I can't disclose that information. What okay. they were saying is they have us they have us on camera going inside of a staff bathroom together while everybody's at chow. Okay, I was at treatment. I was a senior at my community at a treatment center, which means I'm top dog there. Um, I, I ran my own community and we had to go to chow it's mandatory chow every meal you're supposed to go to chow no matter what you got to go mark your guys to chow and eat and in the morning time i would stay back from chow hide underneath the bunk and uh she would go in the staff bathroom and i would arm crawl to it and go in there as well they have us on camera going to staff bathroom for 15 minutes a piece for probably like a month straight and then after that you know they don't they don't know what happened they needed me to say what happened in that bathroom. And I told them that nothing happened of course, cause you know, nothing happened. Yeah. And, then, uh, you know, I'm the pre evict. So they couldn't punish me. So, right, right. um, I had a lot of retaliation after that though. I had a shitload of retaliation problems going on. As a matter of fact, they took my out date from me a couple of times and they made it to where I had to do more prison time than I was supposed to under an investigation. The parole board finally saw what was going on and seen the retaliation act and went ahead and let me out of prison. And she came and got me from
0: there. But, yeah. The PREA Act, or the Prison Rape Elimination Act, is a federal law designed to address and prevent sexual assault and misconduct in correctional facilities. While it is a necessary measure to protect inmates, it can also impact personal relationships that develop between prisoners and staff members. In Kevin's case, his relationship with Selena could be affected by the Act, as it prohibits sexual relationships between inmates and staff members, even if they are consensual. This raises question about the future of their relationship and how they navigate the restrictions imposed by the act. So with Priya in place, you can actually make yourself the victim even if you consent to it because she's got the authority over you. Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's the most serious thing you got in prison. Being incarcerated now is probably the most serious act they got. So this Priya shit came out around 2012, man. It's new to the game. It changed the whole game up for for inmates and and everything going on because before the Priya Act, everybody was having a good old time in prison, man. It wasn't shit to, to be, you know, doing your thing with a nurse or, or whatever, you know, they're humans too. There's a lot going on, especially back in the nineties and eighties and shit, man. She was cracking. But i tell you what, now that Priya came out, it, it made it to where, okay, we're a ward of the state. We can't give consent to our body. So no matter what, it's not consensual. If you're, if you're a staff and you're fucking around with an inmate, it's automatically that, that you're raping the inmate. You know what I mean? Unless, You catch the inmate has the staff a red-handed tied up in a room and literally like taking advantage of the raping them. Then you're raping the inmate. You know what I mean?
0: After the break, we welcome a new guest, Selena.
2: Hey, listen. Uh okay. I got you on
0: freeway right now. <laughs> Hold on. I got you on freeway with okay. Oh, this is my man Toby. He's doing that podcast. Well, Selena, I'm I'm gonna want permission to talk to you and, and uh and Kevin at the same time. I'm gonna ask you some questions, whatever you don't feel like answering, and you feel like that's you know something that's gonna jeopardize you, then don't answer the question. Just say I'd rather not answer that. But would you be willing to let me ask you some questions while I record you? Yes, yeah, fine. So basically uh I guess you were uh, around Kevin while while you were a corrections officer, is that correct?
3: Yeah, I was a bubble officer to the housing unit he was in.
0: Okay. What happened? I mean y'all kind of flirted with each other and, and then it turned into where you, you became friends in there?
3: Well, I mean I mean kinda it was did he did he tell you about like No, I didn't tell, Just tell
2: okay. we hated okay. each other first. We fucking hated each other.
0: <laughs> well of course <laughs> yeah, she was like, a corrections officer. <laughs>
3: Well, it's not just, it wasn't really just that. Like, I'm not, I'm not one of those pieces of, shut the fuck up, dude. I'm not that type of piece of shit, though, for real. But my sergeant put him down, like, set him down outside of my bubble and was like, here, keep an eye on him. Because, like, I guess they were, they were trying to, like, you know, pin something on him or he did something, whatever. Anyway, I was trying to make small talk with this dude. because I'm like, man, this is awkward. I'm just sitting here, like, literally watching this dude sit here. And I noticed that he had like the orangish brown colored marks on his fingers. And I'm like, so what's up? You smoke? (laughs) And this this fucking mouthpiece, dude, he goes, he just just starts going off. He's like, oh, just because I got this doesn't mean I smoke, blah, blah. You're just trying to say a bunch of shit. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm literally just trying to ask questions. Because like, you know, when you see that, you know you've been smoking something, playing with some kind of like heat at the very least. And this smoke goes (laughs) off. And I'm like, oh, God, one of these motherfuckers. This is like my first interaction with him. And I'm like, I already don't like this dude. I even told my sergeant, I was like, don't bring him back to my bubble unless you're going to fucking babysit.
0: The relationship between Kevin and Selena is like any other couple with teasing and arguments. But there's one crucial difference. They met while Kevin was an inmate and Selena was a corrections officer. I'm fascinated by their story and I'm eager to learn more about how they first connected behind bars. How did they meet in such a bleak and confined environment? Given the power imbalance between CO and an inmate, how have they managed to make it work? It's a love story that defies the odds, and I can't wait to hear more about it. So when did y'all start really liking each other?
2: I just got transferred from Potosi to here, okay? So I just got transferred from Craig Woodsell to here with Selena. So I was really in level five mode. You know what I'm saying? This is a treatment center. So I was a dick, and she was a bitch, and we didn't get along. I just want to put that... Okay, go ahead, babe.
3: (laughs) Anyway, we were getting ready to go to Chow. And I'm the only officer that stays back in my housing yet. everyone else has to go. So it's part of my job to make sure that everyone's getting the hell out of my wing and going to chow. So everyone's lined up and ready to go. And I'm, you know, obviously I'm watching. And I see Kevin, or at the time I see Myers, take his ass back to the fucking wing. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. So I'm following him, you know, whatever. And he goes to his bunk. And he just he sit, he gets on top, he's like, because he's on the top bunk. So he goes to his bunk and he gets on it and he just like straight bends over at the waist and like face plants on his bed. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you all right? And he's like telling me that like he's hurting real bad. And and I'm like, I'm gonna have to call code sixteen, which is you know, it's for medical. And I'm like, You're you're either gonna have to go because you're gonna get in trouble if you don't, and so am I if I don't make you, or I'm gonna have to call you a code sixteen. Like if you're not okay enough to walk to the child, then that's what I got to do. And he just kept protesting and protesting. And I'm getting antsy as fuck because I'm like, my sergeant's getting ready to get pissed. And he's going to come down here and me and this dude both are going to be in trouble. So finally, he ends up getting up then he goes to chow. And that's where it started. And then after that, he kept asking me, he kept coming up me, he's like, can you, am I yellow? Am I John? Like, can you use your flashlight? Can you look at my eyes and, and all this? And I'm like, dude, you're fucking yellow. Like, what the hell? Like, I caught John did- yeah, I guess everybody else was, like, blowing them off and just, like, you know, not giving a shit. But I'm like, yeah, dude, you're yellow. You need to go to medical. You need to get checked out. And that's kind of where that started. I guess he's like, oh, well, she's not such a bitch after all.
2: Okay, I caught This That's what she's referring to. I-, I caught chronic hepatitis C at the end of my bed out of nowhere. My whole skin and body turned yellow. She lent a helping hand. She's usually a cunt and was, hey. like, a real bad bitch. Hold on. she always took our telephones away from us in our day room because she hated no, okay? like, on okay now hold on a minute okay so hold on so okay. So after that, I started work for her, okay? And when I started to work for her, we started cracking little perverted jokes and shit back and forth and started cracking jokes. And anytime I'm taking the trash out or I'll be working out in front of her, exercising, I'll notice, like, when I turn around real quick or stare at her, like, she'll be staring at me and hurry up and look away and shit, and you bite her tongue and shit. So I'm like, damn, all right. So this chick, anyway, long story short, she shows up to work one day and she's crying. And I pull up to the bubble and she's, just got done crying. I'm like, hey, what's wrong with you? She looked at me and said, she's like, it don't matter. It's not like you care anyway. Oh my God. So I was like, that oh.
3: I told you that it was none of your damn business and to go on about your day. Okay. It wasn't like, oh, we're, I just, you know, I don't think you care anyway. Bullshit, dude. Fuck
2: off. <laughs> so, yeah. So she, she showed up to work upset and I asked her why. She wouldn't tell me. Eventually, I got her I got her fucking fat ass out that bubble to take the trash out with me because she never left the bubble. So I got her out of the bubble to take the trash out with me, and I got her talking talk about her feelings, what was going on
0: at life. So what made things develop inside? I mean, was it because he asked about your feelings and he showed her that he cared?
3: It wasn't really that. It was like it was the buildup. It was like because we saw each other and interacted because he was in my wing. And as the bubble officer, typically you don't do wing walks and all the other stuff. But we were in an open bay housing unit that nobody wanted to work in. And so it was constantly, it was supposed to be me and two other officers on my wing because I wasn't supposed to be doing the wing walks and shit. But because it was usually just me and one other person, I'm not going to make that person do all the work. So I did half the, the wing walks and and there's a lot of like, their day room is right in front of my bubble and it's not blocked off with any kind of, it's just like a mesh metal thing. There's a lot of interaction with the offenders In the COs, period, but more so with me, especially because, like, I did what everybody was, what all the other officers were doing. Plus, if you want something, you come to the bubble officer. You want your day room to be unlocked so you can use the phones. You come to the bubble officer. You want your side rooms unlocked. You come to the bubble officer. You know what I mean?
0: As we delve deeper into Selena and Kevin's relationship, it becomes clear that their love story is anything but ordinary. Selena was still married when she first met Kevin, but she was going through a rough patch in her relationship with her husband. And while getting out of jail is often seen as a happy ending, for Kevin, it was a daunting prospect. He often found that he was misjudged and treated unfairly because of his status. It felt like everyone was trying to put him back in prison and they had to be careful about who they associated with and where they went. Despite these challenges, Kevin and Selena's bond grew stronger each day they spent together Navigating the complexities of their unconventional relationship like any other couple would. So, you were married whenever you got feelings for Kevin?
3: Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: She was having a rough
0: time in life. Her husband was being a piece
2: of shit. And oh, yeah. uh, he, he was trying
3: fellow, to cheat on her. My fellow CO who I got and who I had been into my housing unit, my best fucking friend who has herpes. Okay. My fucking my husband was trying to fuck this bitch while I was gone cuz I let her move into my house, you know. bitch got She's her She's
2: another CEO. Yeah. So, so very, are, you, are you still legally married? Mentality on that? You-
3: no, actually, uh, recently, which I mean, I've been trying to get divorced since like early 2000 and I didn't meet Kevin until till 2021. Okay, so I've been trying to get divorced for a minute. Anyway, but I finally Thanks to CaseNet, because my lawyer is kind of slacking. Anyway, I found out that the certificate of dissolution of marriage has been, ma- been ma- mailed to Jeff City as of a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, it's official.
0: Nice. Are you guys going to get married when it gets out? No, I can get married.
3: Absolutely. That's what, that's what he wants to do.
0: Now, I don't know. Let me ask you a question. I don't que-
3: know if I trust his word on that one.
0: Really? So, well, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about somebody that's you know, spent so much time in prison, they're just used to, I mean, they're they're kind of a target on the outside. You know, one little thing like being in a car with a gun or you know, they're just, you know. Oh, She's
2: seen it firsthand. She's seen it firsthand. She just got full-hand experience and all that. And I told her the same shit when I got out and everybody takes it lightly until we're in the middle of all of it. Now, their input's on her like, holy shit, the dude ain't fucking playing. People hate him. Absolutely.
3: Well, some of it is also the mindset as well that I've noticed. I tried to point out, but he's not trying to hear none of it, is if you have that mindset that, oh, well, they're going to target me, they're going to do this, then your actions are very much screaming something up to other people around you. I went
2: to go to the doctor when I was out there, and (laughs) the doctor wanted to hear this lady was just trying to lock me up in the second floor. She's like, how, how long did you do in prison? And I was like, yeah, I just did over 10 years flat in prison. And she's like, okay, and are you sure you don't want to hurt yourself? I'm like, no, I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to hurt one else. I'm trying to change my life. And she's like, well, okay, that that's fine. Are you sure you really just don't want to hurt yourself just a little bit? Like, Wait, not only that, up, like
3: she kept asking a million times, are you sure you don't want to hurt somebody else? Kept asking about the tattoos. Kept asking about like ex-heroin use and everything. Because he's the one that brought it up. And he's like, I want to tell you right out the gate. I can't be put on opiates. Can you please put that in my chart so that everyone knows I do not want to take opiates because I'm an ex heroin addict. And she just like kind of loses her fucking mind in this whole like, oh, well, are you going to hurt somebody else? Are you going to hurt yourself? Are you going to get back on drugs? Are you know, go going back in to life. prison? Just all this crazy shit.
0: But that wasn't the only trouble that the couple faced. Selena's relationship with Kevin now means that she's facing legal repercussions for her actions. The law in Missouri prohibits sexual conduct between a corrections officer and an inmate. This is considered sexual conduct in the course of public duty and is a class E felony and consent is not a defense in these cases. While there's no proof that Kevin and Selena's relationship was sexual behind bars, I was curious to know how this side of their relationship has progressed and how Selena feels about the risk she's taking. So you're actually trying to get prosecuted over this right now, right?
3: Yeah, they're trying to say that I had sex with him, which I did not.
0: Okay, but you did have sex with him after he got out, right?
3: Yeah, after, like after he got out, but they're trying to say that like that shit happened while he was under, you know, under my care kind of thing.
0: So that's got to be some pretty bomb ass sex to have sex with an inmate after it's been built up for so long and he gets out, right?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah like yeah. mean, I, everybody after 12
2: likes twelve years that's he what.
0: yeah after uh some ex, uh-huh. you know exciting build up, a guy's locked up for twelve years he's you know, and then you know i I can imagine that's some pretty good shit,
3: yeah good <laughs> I paid like we paid like six hundred dollars for two nights in a fucking hotel room, and we didn't leave
2: so time to go. Hollywood casino and hotel, yeah, it was all my money, I made off the prison yard when I came home. <laughs>
3: See, the whole reason like first of all i mean morals morals aside I, the main reason i wouldn't have sex with him there is because at the time when i met him he was supposed to be getting out in two months so i was yeah. like dude you, you've waited 12 years you can wait another two months but Hold then on. with all the bullshit <laughs> that happened he ended up like they they set him up for some bullshit like trying to introduce contraband which was bullshit it was me and his mom like i was trying to get her some moonshine but a friend of mine made me and they tried to say that we were trying to introduce contraband and everything else, he ended up getting a whole nother year.
0: Wow. But so yeah. this happened in two months time that from the time you met him in two months, he was crawling over to a closet with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that, was, <laughs> yeah. That, was yeah. Some, that was some pretty quick work. Okay. They
3: they work pretty quickly. Let me tell you. You give them like five minutes and they're fucking, they've known you their whole life. They're on
0: top of it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but obviously something developed where whenever he got out, a relationship formed, or is that right?
3: Right. Well, I was actually, I had actually resigned almost an entire year before they let him out. So during that period is where it really developed.
0: Right. So, I mean, is it worth the risk?
3: Do I think he's worth the risk? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely think he's worth it. Like there's there's a lot of things I would have preferred to do differently considering the legal bullshit that I'm going through now. But yeah, he's definitely worth the risk.
0: I mean, there's a saying, you, you know, you can't stop love. And uh, it sounds like it was uh, kind of unstoppable.
3: Yeah, because I wanted nothing to do with it in the very beginning. Because I'm like, dude, that's that's just stupid.
0: Selena was initially reluctant to pursue a relationship with Kevin and had to keep it secret from her colleagues, knowing the potential legal and professional consequences. So did you ever tell any other officers, hey, I really like this guy, this this inmate?
3: Oh, hell no. No, that's... <laughs> No, you don't. Do this shit. Matter of fact, I didn't even. I didn't even want to have feelings for this dude because you know I'm not stupid. That's not how that works. You're not gonna find your soulmate behind bars.
0: That and more after the break. Do you remember uh, a case of a, a corrections officer out of Alabama? Uh, her name was Vicky White, and she helped this guy escape, and then she shot herself in the head.
3: Yeah, I remember that.
0: So, did you and uh, Kevin plan an escape?
3: Oh fuck no! Oh, <laughs>
2: uh, Hell no! No, they tried hitting me with an escape yo. That's what they tried doing, Toby. They tried telling me that I was trying to escape, and they were going to hit. They said if I didn't tell them what happened in that bathroom, that they were going to hit me with an escape. And I'm going to get five extra years and a bunch of crazy shit. And, and uh, yeah, man, the major the major was supposed to talk crazy to me. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell him what happened in the bathroom, so he tried threatening me. And then he tried telling me that he's like, well, this is what we need you to say. We need you to say that some sexual stuff happened in that bathroom. And if you don't say that, I'm going to hit you by the public escape. I'm going to take the treatment and set you back on prison time.
0: The relationship between Kevin and Selena reminded me of the case of Vicki White in several ways. Alabama Corrections Officer Vicki White was believed to be in a relationship with murder suspect Casey White. She was accused of freeing him in late April of 2022 from the Alabama jail where she worked under the pretense of taking him to a courthouse. After the car they were driving crashed during a police chase, White shot herself. Casey White was taken into custody and returned to Alabama to face charges. Authorities believed the two had fostered a romantic relationship, which had led to the alleged jailbreak. I wanted to know if this was something that Selena and Kevin had considered. I also wanted to know if this alleged action between the two played out and how the legal actions were progressing. So did you ever tell any other officers, Hey, I really like this guy, this, this inmate.
3: Oh, hell no. No, that's no, you know, matter of fact, I didn't even, I didn't even want to have feelings for this dude because you know, I'm not stupid. That's not how that works. You're not going to find your soulmate behind bars. But You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: So how long did it take before, because I'm sure you went under an investigation at some point, would you get pulled in the office and they start questioning you about it?
3: It was not too long before I resigned. Okay, because... I got too, locked up listen, first. Listen, shut up. There's not a whole lot that I can get into. on No, I'm not even joking. I have an active, open case. So you better keep know, your fucking yaks shut.
0: I am. Chill out. So as a corrections officer, I want to know... What it was like being pulled in the office, you know, they pulled you in there to do the investigation. Were they like, we know you've been doing this, or are they just asking you questions?
3: Oh, dude, there's some dirty motherfuckers, dude. Like they pulled me in there, and they were like, they were like, dude, where's your like, we know you did this. Where's your dignity? Where's your pride? Like all that. I'm like, who the fuck? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? I was like, are you serious? Like, I, I did not fuck nobody just because I was in there with the dude. Doesn't mean I fucked him.
1: They're like, oh, we already know and
3: all this other bullshit. And I'm like, Yo, okay, well, you steady keep knowing some bullshit then because I didn't do nothing.
0: Sure. So from my understanding is, is Kevin would wait back and not go to chow and then he would crawl over to a closet and y'all would go inside of a closet together?
3: I got to watch the video and he'd like <laughs> creep along the wall and like army crawl under the fucking bed into the blind spot, <laughs> which was a staff bathroom that nobody fucking used.
0: So, what y'all doing there? Y'all just talked about, like, football or
3: something? We <laughs> 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 like,
0: talked and stuff. <laughs> the and ceiling tiles, remember? The <laughs> ceiling tiles they don't have in
2: there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, they have a burden All of proof right. to prove that you've done something sexually in this room, but nobody on this fucking earth would believe that nothing happened in that room. Without, I mean, you know what I mean?
3: Understandable. Yeah. But, see, nothing really did happen. because, And he was trying. Don't get me wrong. He was trying. Like, I'm talking... On. Like he fucking before I even knew what happened, he unclicked my duty belt, and I'm like, "Fuck no, not that shit off!" I, yeah, like he was trying, he was trying hard. Like every time uh, we would go somewhere and we'd be by ourselves, he'd be all like ripping on my ass and shit, and I'm like, "Dude,
2: back the fuck I ain't up!" I had no pussy in twelve years. Right. You got me fucked up. You put me in a bathroom. I'm finding a way to get. The I'll show you how to take your belt off. I don't know how to work a utility belt. I did that day though.
3: <laughs> well it was it was literally just like where you just squeeze it on the top and the bottom. I mean it wasn't it wasn't nothing big, but at the same time I'm like what the fuck dude because I didn't even realize what was happening and then my shit's trying to fall off. And I'm like, fuck off. what the fuck do you think this is? I'm not fucking in no nasty ass fucking prison bathroom.
0: So do you have a, a court date now? Yeah. And a trial. My next
3: one is on the 17th of this month. I've been going to trial, they've been continuing it. They don't have anything on me because nothing We're going to
2: throw it out. I'm the victim. They're going to throw it out. They need me to talk. They need me to come in the bathroom and I wouldn't tell them that. So just because of all that, like I lost the out for it and all types of shit. I went home on hunger strike, all types of crazy
0: shit, dude. They're when trying heard- to get, get to me because I wasn't good at all. Did the prosecutors offer you a plea deal?
3: They tried to offer me a plea deal for a three-year probation with a three-year backup, but I'm not going to plead guilty to something I didn't do.
0: Okay, so now, what is your max sentence you could get for this if they're found guilty?
3: Uh, I think three years. In prison? I think so. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Are you scared?
3: Uh, to be honest, no, because like they don't—they literally don't have anything on me because I didn't—I didn't fucking do it.
0: So I got to tell All you something. Every single person. That's been locked up in prison. Almost every single person thinks that same thing when they're pleading not guilty. They don't have nothing on me.
3: No, but that's the problem. Like they, like they can't have anything on me if I didn't fucking do it. <laughs>
0: that's
3: kind of that's kind of the problem. I get where you I get where you're going with all that.
0: I mean, you, you know that.
3: Hey, and Selena.
2: hey no you like straight, and hold on, <laughs> Selena. You just went to straight offender detainee mode. You thought about- <laughs> I'm. I'm innocent. I swear. I didn't yeah. do a
3: damn thing. I got frank.
2: They don't have that on me. They don't have nothing <laughs> on me. Yeah, they work fast. They don't have <laughs> You got like fuck up, boy. <laughs> You're like a chicken
0: head. I was listening to Selena and Kevin talk, and I couldn't help but think of how their relationship sounded like something out of a TV drama, and how these programs that are set in prisons often shape people's perception of what it's really like to be behind bars. Shows like Orange is the New Black often portray the dark side of prison life. With crooked corrections officers gang violence, and corruption. But I wondered, how much of this is true? Does prison really have the desired effect of rehabilitating inmates? That's when I realized I needed a unique perspective. And who better to ask than a corrections officer like Selena, who has seen it all firsthand? What I want to know from you, Selena, is give me a view of prison from a corrections officer's perspective. Uh,
3: well, the first thing that comes to mind is dirty. Like i know they get used to it after a while but you go in there and the first thing you notice besides looks besides anything before you even fully get in you can be outside when it hits you it's it's the fucking smell it smells so rank so <laughs> it's, like, it's like feet and bo and like fucking nut juice and just like everything <laughs> action, <laughs> and like it's on your uniform like before you leave it's like on your uniform it's embedded like I would wash my uniforms by themselves because otherwise I felt I mean I might just been my shit going crazy but I felt like that smell would get into my clothes and everything else and it just uh and then where we were at <laughs> it was an old I mean they had actual like like regular prison built housing units but we had it was an it old, was it,
2: old it was the old mental yeah. mental ward the yeah. old number four in Farmington, they used yeah, to yeah. they used to execute. Dude, they, they had a lot of killings and
0: shit. Yeah, they
3: did lobotomies. In our housing unit, they did the lobotomies in the basement back in the day. Yeah.
0: yeah, did he have a camera in a cell you could watch him like jack off and shit?
3: Well, I mean, it was the open bay housing <laughs> unit, and there was cameras everywhere except for the one the one fucking blind spot of the cameras. And so yeah, you could literally be sitting there, you know, just looking over at the cameras from the bubble and like see him fucking doing shit. Or whenever you do your walks, like they'll hang their clothes on the bunk, and if their bunk's completely closed in, you know what's up. Where there's a few times where you'll have it to be like standing on the bottom bunk, pretending to fuck with shit on his bunk, which is the top, and there's clothes covered on either side. You know he's getting head.
0: <laughs> That's funny shit. So <laughs> you're funny. So, so Selena, what what is like everybody? has these views of prison because of TV. What is something that just does not match up with TV? I'm just
3: dude, there's so many. Like literally the fucking cleanliness, the so-called order, um, the COs, like none of that shit. Like they pick the nicest, cleanest, you know, most pristine fucking prison to go into. And it's just it's so unrealistic because they give you all the best behaved offenders. And everything like there's always somebody's always popping off. Somebody's always got something to say. They're always doing something. They're always sliding in the bathroom, taking care of business. It's like you don't you don't see that shit on TV. You don't see the brides that the officers actually offer just to get shit to shut the fuck up. Like okay, listen, I'll give you an extra few minutes here if you do this. That type of shit you don't get to see that because all the ones that they show on TV are just already doing what they're supposed to anyway.
0: What crooked shit have you seen officers do to like inmates? Because I mean I know that they. <laughs> You know, they treat them like shit and they have the upper hand. So, like, you know, obviously, did they have anybody get beat up because an officer had them beat up?
3: I've seen officers fucking, like, leave, like, chew and stuff for offenders to take care of shit. You know what I mean? Like, certain officers, like, used to, oh, okay, well, here's chew, here's this. Or they would bring them food and, like, give them shit out of their lunchbox, stuff like that. Some of the dirtiest shit I've seen... Is there some officers that's like, oh, I know this is doing something, or you know, nobody likes this guy, or whatever, and we want to get him, we want to get him off the wing. Like we're tired of dealing with him, but we can't keep him doing nothing, so we're gonna put something on him.
0: Really? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, where yeah, they just falsely accuse know. you of shit. They they just like they come up and they're like, oh, well, yeah. we know you did this, and we heard you say that, and then they'll have another officer and they're like, yeah, yeah, I heard it too, and it's like, are you fucking kidding? Like I was standing right there yeah. and you hear a fucking thing. And they're like, Oh, well the other officer heard it. You must not have been paying attention.
0: Do you think a uh, prison actually corrects inmates? Oh, fuck no. Yeah.
3: fuck no, no, that's, that's some of the dumbest shit ever. Like even the length of time that they get is complete bullshit because depending on the person, like you could do some seriously heinous shit and you put a person in one of these shithole fucking prisons and you treat them the way that they're fucking treated basically like less than animals. You know what I mean? That yeah. could completely change their outlook and like holy fuck, I never want to do this again within a year, two years. But yet this motherfucker has got to stay in there for the next 15 to 20 years just, just because. And then he turns and then he gets institutionalized and he doesn't know anything better than to, you know, behave the way that is required in prison to survive. And yeah. then you, you throw this motherfucker out into society with no help, no nothing, and then expect him to function. No, what you're really doing is you're making him come right back.
0: But what you've done is you've chosen somebody to put in your life that may not be able to function on the outside.
3: Yeah, I get that. A lot of it is the support system. You have to have a really good, thorough support system to be able to to help someone like that. Whether you're with them, whether you're friends with them, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They need a support system. They so, need someone they can run to and be like, hey, listen, I'm having issues in this area. What the fuck do I do?
0: So Kevin is back in jail after a long sentence because you had a gun in a car. You didn't know to take that gun out of the car.
3: Okay, listen. First of all, I have my CCW. Yes, I know everything about that type of shit. However, I have to have it on my person at all times around him. Otherwise, he can get hit with that. So the best thing for that was let's lock it in the car because they can't say that he was you know had access to it because I would have my keys. It's locked in my car. Okay, but then this dude gets up in the middle of the fucking night, and he goes off to the gas station in my car, not really, really, not realizing I had left the gun in the car.
0: So he actually had meth on him too, though, right? (laughs) Yeah. So how does that make you feel that you know he's somebody that's you're you're trying to you know bring somebody in your life after he gets out of prison and he's he's doing meth?
3: (laughs) Me and him went through a. A whole lot of really bad shit for a while because he thought he could do that to make his back stop hurting, because that was the whole miracle of it, <laughs> you know, and you know, and make my pain stop. And he thought he could handle that because it's not his type of high, he's like naturally high strung, so he likes to do more of a downer type we have of stuff. One minute left. And the reality of the situation is this motherfucker could not handle it at all. He got strung the
2: fuck out. Yeah. I gave her a warning. I told him I was
0: fucked up. Yeah. Can
3: yeah, we get to All right. The whole problem was you didn't have to be <laughs> fucked up on that,
0: too. Kevin's self awareness of his problem with drugs is something that can't be ignored. It landed him back in prison despite the efforts of Selena to help him. However, Selena's commitment to Kevin is something that obviously gives him hope hope of a better future, a marriage, and ultimately love. But I was curious was Kevin confident that Selena would stay faithful to him while he was behind bars? So, do you think Selena is uh, holding out for you out there? What do you mean? I mean, you think she's got something off to the side while she's waiting for you?
2: (laughs) Selena, uh, okay. So, I'm weird about my relationships, Toby, man. See, I'm the type, uh, I can do open relationships to an extent. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I've been in jail my whole life, man. So, I kind of, I know how it goes and I'm not stupid. So, when it comes to Selena, okay since I actually did fall in love with Selena, I usually don't fall in love with females like that uh I actually love her but um I tell you what uh it's how it usually goes when I'm locked up, I tell her do whatever, do whatever you want to do uh just you know just ha- always answer the phone take care of me, and uh you know just don't do nothing stupid, you know what I mean like there's certain things she knows what to do and not to do but no, to be honest with you man when I'm out in the world I'm the type I'm the type of guy every now and then we'll go pick a stranger up and go to a motel room yeah. and we'll all have some wild fun you know what I mean
0: sure so how much time are you going to get for
2: this probably not going to get any time I'll probably get right out
0: oh you think okay For okay. Gun, for I thought uh, you know, a, a felon with a gun is like three years mandatory
2: yeah, no, no. I'm oh, not over here in Illinois. See, they're gonna drop the gun charges because it's a licensed firearm, and uh, she already she already uh, came about and came forward and told them what happened. So uh, my firearm charges are getting dropped. The only thing I'm getting charged with is uh, possession of methamphetamine under five grams.
0: Did the prosecutor say that you weren't gonna get charged with the gun?
2: Yeah, they came to talk to me once already, and uh, they're gonna drop my class six and all that stuff. I'm just waiting on them to do it.
0: Yeah. Despite the bleak setting he finds himself in, stuck behind bars with the justice system poised to strike again, Kevin has bucket loads of optimism. It sometimes makes you forget that he has taken the life of another, and perhaps that is the point of this episode. In another lifetime, Kevin and Selena might not have ever met if it weren't for the situation they were both in. Situations by most people's standards that are undesirable. But who are we to judge? Is it for you to decide? Will you forgive? or you condemn this voice of a killer. On the next episode of Voices of a Killer. What she did was terrible.
2: The 40-year-old man she hit, Matthew Baker did not survive. Saturday, prosecutors charged the woman, Catherine Marsh, with second-degree murder.
0: It was a sad day to begin with. How'd that make you feel? I'm going to
3: live with it for the rest of my life. So whether it's 10 years, 20 years, however long
2: it was, it, unfortunately, I don't think any time's going to be enough. It's not going to bring him
0: back. So the first time that you struck him, were you going forwards or backwards? I don't know why someone would do that. It still confuses me.
2: It was just very intense, very crazy. I'm just shocked that it happened.
0: What were you telling him? Uh, How much I
2: love him and to hang on.
0: That's a wrap on this episode of Voices of a Killer. I want to thank our guests, Kevin and Selena, for sharing their story with us today. Their ability to speak their truth and to be open and honest is what makes this podcast so special. A big shout-out to Sonic Futures, who handled the production, audio editing, music licensing, and promotion of this podcast. If you want to hear more episodes like this one, make sure to visit our website at voicesofakiller.com. There you can find previous episodes, transcripts, and additional information about the podcast. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your feedback helps us improve and reach new listeners. Thank you for your support, and we can't wait to share more stories with you in the future. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Toby, and we'll see you next time on Voices of a Killer. Hey listeners, Toby here. We have a special announcement just for you. Voices of a Killer is launching its very own Patreon page, an exclusive platform that allows you to dive even deeper into the darkest corners of these gripping tales. By becoming a patron, you'll gain access to a wealth of exciting bonus content and behind-the-scenes exclusives that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Picture this. At our lowest tier, you can have access to further content with exclusive letters, photos and correspondence that have never been seen by the public before at our producer tier you will have the opportunity to engage with the team participate in q a polls and receive updates on upcoming episodes and developments this tier is perfect for those who have a keen interest in the production process and want to be a part of shaping the show's future you'll also have your name read at the end of our latest episodes how cool At the next tier, you'll have all this and the opportunity to join in our once in a month video chat Q&A session with me, the host and our production team, allowing you to engage directly with the creators and further satisfy your curiosity. And for our premium tier, you'll have all this and the ability to listen to exclusive unedited raw interviews to really hear the true voices of our podcast. So if you're ready to unlock a world of extra content, head over to patreon.com slash Voices of a Killer now and choose the tier that best suits your craving for true crime. Your support will not only fuel our passion for storytelling, but also enable us to bring you even more thrilling narratives and the voices that are waiting to be heard on Voices of a Killer.